This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening, welcome to Leicester Fan TV. My name's Phil, if you're watching this live, as ever, every Monday night at 7.30 with myself. You can get your views in, you can get your comments in. We'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. It's your show. Get the comments in, we'll put them on screen, we'll talk about it. If you're watching this on playback, enjoy the show, enjoy the comments, enjoy the views. Come and join us live next time and get your views on screen, as ever, we can get them on screen. Maz says, good evening, so does Mick Paget. hope you're well. Maz, hope you're well, Mick. Azander on YouTube says, let's go. Neil, hi to you. Bin, hi to you as well. Let's Lots and lots of people saying hello. It's very nice. Wayne, what would you like to talk about? Leicester City, of course. Wayne, give us a topic to talk about and we'll talk about it. I'll give you a few if you like, but I want to know what you guys want to talk about. We can talk about Air Nacho. We can talk about FA Cup. We can talk about... Man City on Saturday? You bet. Let's talk about that. Tony, I'm good. How are you? I hope you're well. Liam as well. Good evening to you. Come on, Liam. What do you reckon Man City on Saturday? Are you like me? Are you still slightly, Liam? Are you slightly thinking if we beat Man City, we can all start talking about a title challenge again? Or is it over? Is it top four? Are we going for that in the end? Um, ben, I like that. It's actually making me laugh. He says, have you heard the boat in the Suez Canal has been renamed Kagla Soyunku because nothing gets past? That's not bad, Ben. Did you invent that? Or have you probably nicked it off somebody on Facebook? Jack, good evening to you. Hope you're well. Ross, I'm good. How are you? Dave, good evening. Looking forward to the game at the weekend. Me too. I know. I tell you what. Looking forward to it indeed. Uh, Mick wants to talk about top four. Get your comments in. Get your views in. Listen, I want to know everything you guys want to talk about. Uh, Matty Bond, how are you? Kalechi Inacho. I know Tom is going to join us very shortly. Tom is going to join us. I have said very, very clearly that when Kalechi Inacho missed that penalty, get rid. I said it. You can watch the videos. I don't mind. I'll admit it. I said he was not good enough. I'm very, very pleased to be being proven wrong. But 
I think I'm still in the same mode that I'd like us to go out and sign a striker this summer. I'm just saying it how I see it. I'm just a fan, the same as you. What do you think about? Um, Nigel says he'd like to talk about keeping hold of talent and recruiting more. I agree, Nigel. Who is going to be scalped from us this summer? You know it's going to happen, probably. Madison and Diddy, Tielemans. Oh, there's going to be rumours this summer. There really is. Uh, beware of the wounded animal. Man City will be a different team this time around. Obviously, we beat them at their place 5-2. One of the games in the season. Uh, Don, watching out in the States. Let's put him in there. Don, hope you're well, mate. Great to get you on here, Don. Again, we love having Don from Myrtle Beach on all the way out in the, in the States. Uh, Facebook user from Holland. You've got to say who you are. I think it might be Mirko, but that would be a guess. Um... Don says we must sign another striker. Ross says we will beat Man City on Saturday 4-2 like them years ago. Vardy Hattrick and Nacho to score and be a provider this time indeed. Well, do you agree with what Ross is saying there? Do you agree with that? Um, Graham says, now, Graham, you must be talking about Kelechi and Nacho. He said he's made us all eat our words. I'm happy about it. I just, you know, I love to see the fact and I love to see his passion and how delighted he's been by scoring some of these goals. Um, Matty says, makes me laugh. A few weeks ago, we'd all have paid for Nacho's taxi. Now he needs to say, listen, uh, Matty, I'd like to keep it real. He's had a great little spell. Let's see it. Let's see it week in, week out for a long time. Indeed. Let's see it. Um, Fee, thank you. Fee says, of course, we'll beat them. That's Fee being positive about the Man City game. Will Robinson is saying 1-1. To be fair, Will, I'll start that debate with you. Would you take a draw? Would you be happy with a draw? It wouldn't be the worst result against one of the best sides. They may well go on and win the Champions League. Would you take a 1-1 draw? I think that would be easy. Nigel straight away says he'd take a draw with City now. Do you know what? It wouldn't be the worst result, Nigel. I hate to say it, but it probably, I'd probably take it. Sean, good evening to you. Hope you're well. Dave says top four is very realistic, but I think the title race is over unless a few more teams can beat Man City. Well, I'll tell you what, if we're if if that was ever going to happen, we need to be the team to start it. That's a simple thing. Uh, Wayne says take a draw. I'd probably take a draw. Uh, Nick says it'd be amazing to do that double over the Manx. I agree. Uh, Ben saying 2-2. I'd take that. Graham is saying Nacho's borrowed Vardy's boot. Well, what do you want to talk about Vardy? Again, we can try and say Vardy's been doing some nice assists, which he has. But we need Jamie Vardy scoring goals. We need Nacho scoring goals. We need Jamie Vardy scoring goals. So Jamie Vardy does need a goal or two, I would say, very, very quickly. Um, Will Robinson says, considering they'll probably beat everyone, a draw is a fair result. Patrick saying he'd take a draw. It's a free hit. I agree. People often say that it's a free hit, which it sort of is, because people sort of don't... I I expect us to beat Man City. I don't know about you. I, I honestly think we can beat them. Listen, I'm going to add Tom in. Are you ready, Tom, to come in? Let's add him in. Tom, good evening. Good can evening, you hear me, mate. Tom? Yeah, I can hear you. You're right, bud. Good, Tom. It's like old times. We always used to have Tom on the Monday night fan zone show. I've been missing you, Tom. <laughs> Back to the How old are you? Days, hey? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Looking forward to the uh, weekend. Indeed. Uh, I think I'm just going to put it back on screen there. Somebody just put, uh, Patrick says, the Man City game, it's a bit like a free hit this weekend. It is in a way, but I think we can beat Man City, Tom. 
There's no free hits in my games going into the last, was it nine games now we've got left? Nine, eight, eight or nine games we've got left to go. There's no free hits if you want Champions League football. Uh, let's not get along. Man, Man United beat Man City not long ago. Two, two or three games ago at the Etihad. So why, why can't Leicester go and beat them? We've beaten them once a season. If we can get the tactics right again and we're disciplined, and it was a disciplined performance at the Etihad early in the season in that 5-2 ring. No, 5-2. I mean, I know Man City were poor that day and gave us three penalties, but there's no reason why we can't do the double over this season. Look, if we're being honest, you doubt the next two games, four points out of the next two would be crucial for me against Man City and West Ham. You pick four points up off them, you're really going to give yourself a fighting chance, especially going into that next section of fixtures for me where you're playing your West Broms, your Southamptons, you know, the teams who are fighting down the bottom a little bit, but you feel that you're going to get the points off them because... That final three games, you wouldn't want it to come down to you having to win a couple of them going into the final three games of the season with Manu, Chelsea and Tottenham to come. A lot of chat here, and I've just been some putting some on there, Tom, about Jamie Vardy. And I was just saying before we brought you on, is yes, he's yes, he's he's created some assists, which is great, and um, he's worked well with Kelechi and Nacho, partly because obviously Harvey Barnes and Madison are were out. Um, Mick says he's Vardy fully fit. I want you to talk about that. I also want you to talk about Wayne saying he doesn't feel like Vardy's right since he's up. And uh, people, uh, th- you get then the split between people saying here, um, Neil saying Vardy will come good. Uh, other people are saying, Jamie Vardy, it doesn't matter if he scores, he has to stay in. He gets, a, uh, not a free hit, but he gets a free pass to be in the team, which I disagree with. I, I do want to see Jamie Vardy get back in amongst the goals. I don't think he's looked quite right, Tom. I think, bar the last game, Manu and probably Sheffield United, I think that before that he'd been very poor. I don't think he'd been involved enough. I think the Sheffield United game, he started to show the form that he'd been in around. Yes, he wasn't scoring, but setting goals up for Nacho. I think uh, the Man United game, we started to see the Vardy coming back in. And, you know, the, the, the one he had at 2-1 when he snatched it wide of the post, it's just rustiness for me in front of goal because he hasn't been scoring. And if you look at his records over the years, he's come to a point in the February, March time where he seemed to slow down. And I think this time, because of the operation, it's knocked him for six. I really do feel that Vardy's taken a long time to get fit after this operation. I think maybe he'd come back too quickly again. I was just going to say, Tom, do you think because of the injuries we had, they, they slung him back in when he wasn't quite ready? I think they also felt, we where were we going to score the goals from? And luckily, Nacho stepped up to the mark. You know, you can't fault him, you know. The games that Vardy missed, you know, he scored at Fulham. Nacho scored at Fulham. He scored at Burnley away. He's now scored a hat-trick against Sheffield United. Two more against Man United. He's up to 10 for the season. You know, that's not a bad comeback for a striker. who barely played at the beginning of the season for uh, Leicester. So, I think we're getting Vardy back to his fitness. And look, it wouldn't surprise me. He likes a goal against the big six. So, I think now you have to keep him in. It's not a case of a free hit. It's what he offers a team. And Nacho says he pulls people away to give me space. That's exactly what Lewis is saying there. I think we should expect Vardy scoring less, but what he contributes, apart from the goals, he has to be in the side. Whatever. I slightly disagree with that. Not whatever for me, Tom. A player, if if he is causing assists, if he is working well with Nacho, great. If he is scoring goals, but if, if he isn't offering much, then I don't, for me, Vardy doesn't get a free pass. I don't think so. I mean, you've got to take into account Vardy's poor season. He scored 13 uh, in one, one of his poor seasons. That was in 35 Premier League games. Uh, he's up to 12 Premier League goals and he's only played 25 league games this season. So his return isn't bad. It's nearly a goal every other game. Uh, but look, 
Vardy offers so much more to his team. And when he doesn't play, we all know the difference. We see the difference because we're too easy to predict where Vardy will pull defenders left, right and centre. It's a must-have Vardy fit now between now and the end of the season. And look, there's a lot to play for, a lot to play for. Yeah, Jack says here, Vardy offers more than just goal scoring. His movement and football knowledge is another side to his game. People seem to forget, uh, which is true. Fee's asking about Barnes returning. Uh, Tom, I don't think Fee's going to, I don't think Barnes is going to return for another few weeks. Madison, though, might be closer, Tom. Now, Madison, you know, obviously he, he's the catalyst of us scoring goals sometimes. I Don't get me wrong, I think Perez has come in in the last two or three games and considering he's come back from an, an injury himself, he's done very well. But we all know that Madison offers you a little bit, probably more creative spark than Perez. Uh, Re Harvey Barnes, I'll be honest you now, where do you play him? That would be my question back. Where do we play Harvey Barnes? Because he doesn't fit into the formation of a, a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2. I don't see you changing the three at the back at the moment. I think we look rock solid with the three at the back uh, more than when we played four. Uh, I think Cassania and Ricardo is your wing backs or all Brighton at the moment. Depends Ricardo's fit. He offers you that stability going forward and defensively, you know what you're going to get from both of them. It's just hard to put Harvey in there without changing that shape back to a, a four, two, three, one. But Brendan's played. But for the first time in how long, we've had the ability to change shape depending who we're playing. Where before Am Rogers set up a, a standard 4 2 3 1, and he couldn't, change, he couldn't change it. Where now Rogers can change formations in games, before games, it gives him an option. He hasn't got to play that same team week in, week out. And how long ago were we crying out that we could change formation and just not be stuck to a, a 4 2 3 1? We can go a five at the back or a three at back with wing backs. We can now play Nacho as that number 10 or dropping into the 10 role to link play between him and Vardy. It's a brush of fresh air going forward at the moment with these last nine games. Yeah, I mean, Rob says here, Madison will have to come off the bench slowly. Again, no need to rush him back. And he says, when you ask most opposition fans who they feared, they'll always say Vardy, which is true. They do always say Jamie Vardy. Um, Team Who watching on YouTube says Barnes can come on for Vardy. In the second half, Barnes, Barnes is not close to being back yet, but I, I agree. He's talking about when he gets back. Graham says he's definitely going to play two up front. He can't, Tom. I mean, like, like Graham's saying there at the moment, I don't think he dare drop Jamie Vardy. I do think that is part of it. And there's no way he can drop Inacho in this form, is there? So he's, if if Madison, I mean, Barnes isn't back yet, but he's going to keep that two up front, surely. Oh, he's got to. He's got gets to. slated if he changed it. You, you, we've seen all season when we played one up front where we've struggled against some of the, the so lesser teams in the league, the Villa at home, the Fulham at home, the West Ham at home defeats stand out where we couldn't break teams down. And I feel like the Sheffield United game showed, I know they were poor Sheffield United, but it showed a difference when you've got two, three players in the box, then just having that one man and hoping that, you you know, you're one on the right or you're one on the rest, Barnes or Perez, we're going to get in and help. I think with having the two up front and then Perez coming in from behind, because that's what he does. He puts the ball wide to uh, Cassania or Ricardo or Albrighton. And then he gets into the box. Before you know it, you've got three men in that box. You've also then got Tillemans on the edge of the area pushing forward. And I think Yuri, when we've seen him play higher at the pitch in that 10 role, doesn't suit him at all. Him linking the play from Ndidi to Tillemans to then links it to Perez or Barnes, whoever's wide. We look like more free-flowing team than when we play uh, with one up front and it's Vardy trying to fight for everything on his own. We, we we look a different team now going into this bit of the season for me. 
And it's nice. It's nice, mate, because we were all crying out for a second striker. He was yeah. at the football club. He was just... I just feel he's a low, he's a confidence player, Nacho. And when he's got confidence, he's flying. As we saw last season, he scored 12 goals and got yeah. five assists. When he's confidence up there, he'll score goals. When his confidence low and he's not playing enough games, we see the Nacho at Palace where he misses a penalty. He misses a header from five yards out, but should be hitting the net. And that's the Nacho there. One goes, he's not good enough. Well, I said it, Tom. I said it. I don't mind saying it. I'm still, for me, jury's out. You can't just have three or four or five games and then go, boom, you know, he's good enough. I, I still feel in the summer we need to be looking at a striker. I really do. Um, I, again, I'll, I'll reevaluate that at the end of this season. If in the if in the last nine games, Inacho goes on a good run. I think it was about two years ago. He went on a nice little run at the end of the season, not last year, the year before. And we were like, Nacho's going to be, is going to be in the mix. I put him in my dream team. I remember that summer. I think it was 2019 summer. Uh, and then he was just fell away again. Like you say, it is confidence. Um, let's get a few comments up there, Tom. I'm going to just go through a few before I want to talk about Yuri Tielemans with you um, following that Man United game. Matty Bond says, tough run of games coming. Need minimum of four points from Man City and West Ham. <laughs> It's a big ass Matty. They're two teams in form. Jab says Nacho has to play. He certainly will play. I'm sure about that. Uh, Christine, oh sorry, Christian, sorry, Christian said I'm worried Nacho's good form might get ruined because of this break. Yeah, probably didn't want the break at all. Uh, Ross says we beat Man City last time without Endidi and Matters didn't start. It shows no matter what team we play, teams fear us. Just want to talk about Yuri Tillemans, Tom. You mentioned him briefly there. Following the FA Cup match, I've been reading around the internet, uh, media obviously stirring the pot, but I've been reading a lot of Man United fans who were saying their their midfield that day was a bag of spanners. How on earth have Leicester City, little old Leicester City, got Wilfred Ndidi and Yuri Tillemans in our team? They would fit very nicely into a Man United team. Um, the trouble when we play well in those sorts of big games is that... Uh, Teams start to wire up our players, and I know we're nine games away from that, but Yuri Tillman's played ever so well against, while Madison's been out, he's almost coming to his own, Tom. What, what's your views on Tillman's? I, I think all season he's been class, mate. You can't, I don't think there's any game where you'd pick him out and go, he's had anything below seven, if I'm honest with you. Even when the team's not performing well, Yuri's still been in and around the, the five, you know, the six and the seven performance levels. Uh, the problem is when, you, when we have played poor and everyone's turned up, he's looked, you know, weak link out of everyone because he's one trying to make it happen, but no one's really moving. But the last, well, like you say, that the, since January, the, the team performance of general has lifted completely. And uh, Yuri's probably the driving force, picking up, you know, bits where Madison has been injured. He knows he's got to play that little bit higher up the pitch and try and make things move quicker, uh, especially when we didn't have Perez as well. He has to link up the play quicker. But He's always going to be linked with the big teams. We always know that. Same with Ndidi. But while they're at Leicester, you know, we, we can enjoy them and we want them to stay longer. Well, I'm not. It's not what's going to make, but we all know what it's like. We're, we're a club that we always seem to sell one player in the summer and you don't want to sell your best players. Of course we don't. But with what's gone off with the you know coronavirus, we've all seen the books in the last 12 months. We can't hide behind that. If we don't get Champions League football, you know, that's, was it, 90 million if you get in the Champions League? That yeah. could make the difference between what we do in the summer for me. Uh, and Yuri's part of that. Yuri wants to play Champions League football now. If we get it in the summer, you've got no reason to leave. And the club's got no reason to sell when they get that money through the door. But it's all about finishing that job off and then strengthening. Because I think players like Yuri, Madison, 
they're going to want to see the club's ambition of who they're going to sign now. And we're not looking for an 80 mile, you know, million pound player like Bruno Fernandes and Pogba that they talk about. But we do want to see some kind of investment into the team. And for me, it's got to be a striker. That's the main priority mm. in the summer is the striking option. Yeah, I agree. Rob saying there, we've got the cash to spend 30 or 40 million pounds on a striker in the summer. Well, like Tom's just said, Rob, if we get Champions League, yeah, because that money comes in with that. So I do think that is going to be a, a big di- difference on it there. Uh, Mirko, watching out in Holland. Good evening to you. Ho- hope you're well. Uh, Ross says, Tillemans had a choice between Leicester and Spurs. Come on, it's not hard to turn down Spurs there, poop, he says. Um did you see the video, by the way, where they counted the passes to Tielemans goal? 28 passes by Leicester. I mean, Tom, again, I watched that. I didn't really realise that till I saw that video come out with the 28 passes counted. Um, it's Again, this is some of the best holding of the ball that Leicester do. I know sometimes we, we moan about it sometimes and go passy-passy left and right and where does it go? But... It, it does seem to be working at the moment, what Brendan is doing. So I guess a bit of a shout out to, to where Brendan's taking Leicester. And again, we're talking about players being sniffed around. There was some talk of Spurs and Mourinho and Brendan Rodgers. I think I think it's going to take a real big club, but I hope Brendan feels there's enough going on at, at the club that he does want to stick around with us, Tom. Yeah, but look, Brendan's changed. Brendan's changed a lot in the last 18 months, two years he's been at the football club. If you think about it, the the season he came in, that little bit of time he had to look at the players, he evaluated what he had and tried to play the passing football in the next season. And at times it worked really well. And then when we started getting the sticky patch and the season faded away, he realised the following season had to change his tactics. And against the bigger clubs where he wants to keep possession, we all know Brendan is a possession-based manager. He likes to have the ball. He likes his teams to move it around and try and tie opposition out. Now, this season he hasn't. Against the bigger club, he's gone, do you know what, I'm going to have to give the ball away. We're going to have to defend for our lives at times, what we did at Man City. But we've got some big results. The Man City result, the Arsenal away, uh, you know, teams like that where, pop them away, another performance where we let them have the ball, but then we go and score two goals and we get three points. Brendan's evolved himself as a manager, I think, and he's realised that as much as I want to play football at times, and when it does come off, like we saw against Man U with a 28, you know, passing move to score, it looks brilliant. Tom, that, that only Tom. can grow, as I was going to say, growing the confidence of the team that when it does work, it shows you it can work. But I think, like I say, the team are just getting to a point where now they're feeling they can use the ball better but it's all about the boys who was on the pitch at the time that they make the movement at the right, you know, period. Uh, when the ball comes to one man, there's a trigger. If they don't use it at the right time, we see what happens. We go backwards. Now, it's all right when there's no fans in the ground, but we also see the other side of Leicester fans when we're trying to pass overpass and then suddenly the groans start coming out. So Brendan's building something special. We all said that, but, the, it, you know, it, it takes time to get into the football like we want to see, like Brendan wants to see from me. Yeah, I, I mean, I've just put a comment on there by Imtiaz saying a striker's a must, a winger's a must. I'm going to put this on the screen, Tom. I want people to put the comments in. I want you to, your reaction to it. I'm going to say, I think Under's been a flop, sadly, and I don't think we'll sign him in the summer. And I think we will need to try and find a striker. I it, just, it just hasn't worked for him one way or the other, whether it's because he doesn't defend enough. I, I haven't seen quite... I've seen some flashes where you go, this guy's got it. But I would say this season, and with him being injured now, I, I just don't think there's enough there to warrant buying him. What do you think? And I want people to put their comments in on under. We've 
we've seen the good and the bad from under. We've seen the under scores the volley against our uh, one of the UEFA Cup games at home. He scored a great volley. We've seen the assists against Arsenal. Uh, the, the Leeds game, he was brilliant when he came on, so took the goal for Vardy again. But it's the other side of the game, and I think Brendan's seen that enough now that he can't trust him to come back. I mean, Albright said it quite clearly. If you don't work hard enough and you're not willing to do the running, you don't get in this team. And that's what a player coming out and saying that. That's not just the manager. That's the players coming out and saying, you, if you don't work hard enough, you won't play for Brendan. And Brendan's come out and said it before, the likes of Damari Gray, the likes of under you've got to do that it's all right going forward and having that you know flair and tricks and flicks but if you're not willing to put the hard yards and going backwards i can't i can't trust you to be in the team and i just feel that for whatever reason it's just not worked out for under sadly well let's let's see what the fans think tom brad bradley norman says flop uh william says flop jay says he definitely isn't the level we require jack saying land down under um, Joanna's saying good, but not good enough to keep. That's probably that is probably it. Joanna's probably right. Uh, Declan says flop definitely. Um, Keith says under not really given the chance. I think he's just about had enough chances, Tom. I think he's had enough chances. I think but he's not had games, a run. Not had a no, run of games. I think that's been. People would say his only like downside. He's not had four, five, six games in a row to really have a go. But unless he's, says, he's, yeah. unless he's given something in training that gives a manager a headache. Brendan, I just don't see Brendan picking him. That's the only thing. And if you look at all the other players, they always put in a shift on that side. And if you look at it, Ricardo, Cassania, Albrighton, they're all playing in that similar position he wants to play. But we all know what we're going to get from them, the work rates. Yeah, indeed. I think I think the general consensus, Tom, from fans here is that, um, I mean, MTS, we should wait till after the Euros to make our decision. I think we'll wait till the end of the season. Andy says here, under needs to take a leaf out of all Brighton's um, book. Tom, while I've got you on, I don't know if you've seen, we've done it, me and Jamie did like the ultimate Leicester City videos. We've picked the ultimate defence, we've picked the ultimate midfield, we've picked the ultimate strikers. I want to ask your opinion now, because me and Jamie disagreed on this one. Mark or Brighton or Steve Guppy, who makes your ultimate team? I know I'm putting you on the spot. But honestly, I wanted to know what your thoughts were. On, You've seen them that, both. On that left-hand side? Yeah. I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go Guppy. That's Guppy. what Jamie did as well. I, Jamie went for Guppy. All Brighton's brilliant. He won the league title with us. But I, down that left-hand side, I don't think I've ever seen anybody cross the ball as good as Steve Guppy used to. And it was it was the most deadliest balls. And corners, mate. It was the way he could take, come over and he'd stand in front of the old... Uh, supporter club corner in the old Filbert Street, put his hand up, clap, and then you take a corner and you can see the goalkeepers panicking before the ball was coming in because he knew where he was going to be put on a sixpence for, you know, Tags, Sinclair, you know, Elliot. He's just so deadly with the ball, mate. And look, Albrighton, he's amazing, mate, and his work rate and he's been brilliant winning the league title with us and everything like that. But I, I think it's just that little bit of old school. I loved a bit of Guppy. You could get past his man for fun and the, the ball delivery was just amazing. Well, thank you, Tom's. Tom's given his view. I'm going to put a few of the people's comments up here. M- myself and Jamie made that video. There's just three videos on there. We're going to do an ultimate Leicester City manager this week as well. So go and see if you agree with me or Jamie on who out of Guppy or Brighton. Um, Keith saying Gupster. Uh, Imtiaz is saying Guppy. Um, Mix with me though, saying All Brighton. I just think All Brighton 
just offers you more. He's got the defensive, he's got the wing, he's got the interplay. Um, uh, Liam's saying, oh, Liam's, Dan, oh, I'm trying to get comments. There's that many comments coming in. Danny's saying guppy all day. Liam's saying guppy. Ross is saying guppy. Uh, Jack's with me saying all Brighton. Um, Mick saying Steve Linex with Young Legends. Yes, not. I don't think Ultimate Team. Um, Guppy played for England only once, I think. Yeah, one one cap. Yeah, one cap, one, one goal. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, think... No, that was Nugent. One cap, one goal. When oh. he nicked it off the line for yeah, all of the yards. Uh, Nick says, listen, Guppy, uh, there's a lot of. Uh, there seems to be Guppy gets the nod, but for me, Mark or Brighton. But I'll... hey, listen. Who did you use for your manager then, Phil? Who was your well, I can't reveal that because we're doing that this week. We're filming it on Wednesday, Tom. The ultimate managers. Um, there's a list of... We, if you want to vote, out it's there. out there. Mine, mine's you, out yeah. on Twitter, so mine's all right. People can see mine. It was, yep. you know, it was a hard hard one, but Mr. Pearson was my number one. I'm not well, going to deny that. It's going to be a real tough one, I think, the ultimate manager, because you have got... You're going going back to the Bloomfield boys back in the 70s, a lot of flair there, a lot of skill. There's Jock Wallace around the turn of the 80s um, with that team that came up from the second division. He obviously did very well at Rangers. You've got Brian Little who started the wave and really was such an exciting time, but perhaps left before he went on to... And we chatted with Brian Little last summer and he was fantastic. You've got Martin O'Neill. Then you've got uh, Peter Taylor. Obviously not, Tom. Obviously not. He didn't make me. He didn't uh, make me top twenty managers. Well, no, he wouldn't. I mean, J- Jamie slung Mickey Ab- Adams in there into his top ten managers. Well, fair enough. I put him in top five, mate, because of one. Re- I mean, it's probably because of my era. I mean, like I said, I had Pearson first because he started. Yeah, Pearson's the, in the mix. You know, he started it for me. He started that revelation from League One to the Premier League. I then had King Claudio as my second because he won the Premier League for us. Uh, I had O'Neill third because of the four years of. Top uh, fourth finish in the top 10, the cut runs. I then had uh, Brendan because he's building something special. Win the trophy, Brendan, and you'd be going into that second spot for me. Uh, for, well, third. But Mickey Adams was my fifth. And it was because of growing up and following Leicester. And I remember going to all the games in those League One season, in the old League One, when we got relegated after that season at Filbert Street. And Mickey came in and he salvaged the club. You know, we had going into administration. The players could easily turn around and said, no, we're not taking cuts. But he helped the players get through it and got them back to the Premier League. And I know it ended on a sour note. We got relegated the following season. But I just felt Mickey had put a lot into the football club to revive it after a period where we could have gone bust. You know, we could not have been here. So Mickey was in my top five for that reason. Well, we a lot of people are agreeing that he, he should make. Joanna said uh, that she had him in there in the first in her top five. Adam wants to know what happened to Mark, what about Mark McGee? <laughs> yeah. gonna, I can't sing that song. I can't sing the song. Can't <laughs> sing the Mark McGee song. We're getting in trouble for that. And uh, somebody else put it in. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Joanna again. Somebody else put. Um, nobody voted for David Pleat. Can't believe it. He's before your time, probably Tom. David I, Pleat. I, I that is the worst the ever. Worst ever era of being a Leicester City fan. Fans today wouldn't believe that there was about 7,000 fans in Filbert Street with David Pleat, and most of them were just doing a very slow, sarcastic hand clap with Pleat out. I always look at the League One season when there was only like 15,000, 16,000 in the King Power on a regular basis of some of those league games. And it was only towards the back end when we were going to win the league and the person in League One that you suddenly got a lot of fans coming back to the ground. Because then, if you look at the championship season, mate, 
there's a there's a hardcore set of fans in Leicester who will go whatever you take. They will always be there, whatever league there is, of probably about 20,000. You then obviously get the away fans taking their sections. But once you're in the Premier League, we saw how quickly the season tickets snapped up. You know, Leicester is an amazing club to support at the moment. But oh God forbid, some of the kids that had seen the, the days of being in League One and relegation on the occasion. And you boys seen it when we we're in the Championship for numbers of years. The, the managers of Craig Levine, Rob Kelly. Uh, yeah, well, Ashley's just saying Craig Levine was one of the worst for me. Maybe stop going to the yeah, football. Martin Allen, you know, it was those days. You literally turned me going, what team is going to come out today? Because you just didn't know. And you, you couldn't even pick the team because the players were coming and going every season. I mean, God, Alan Mabry, uh, Mark Davies when Craig Levine came in. All these players came down from Scotland. Stephen Hughes. We were just a team full of Scottish players at the time, really, because that's where the manager had come from and he thought they could work in the championship. It's it's great to be alive at the moment. That's all I can say. It's great to be around at the moment watching the team perform how they are. Joanna deserves a medal. She started watching Leicester under David Plea, and she's still here now. You really does. Uh, Wayne, yes, I do remember Jock Wallace. It was very special when Jock Wallace came. I remember it being a massive surprise. We were second division side at the time, and he, he left Rangers to come down to manage little Leicester. He did take us up, and it was with Lineker and, of course, Alan Young getting us up there. Listen, that's a, that's a video we're going to make this week, so it's going to be really interesting. Um to see where we go with that i don't think we're going to agree but the other the ultimate ones are on the youtube channel so do pop over and watch that tom it's been great having you on um no daddy daycare because the match is on saturday this night so you're doing the watch along yes, with blocks half past five kickoff uh manchester city at home and look the, the lads will be bouncing i really think they will those two, you know two performances to get Sheffield united and then the man you win I think we'll give the lads the confidence now being at home again because we went through patches where the home form was very sticky this season. Eight defeats, I think, a season at home already. It's quite hard compare on the road where we've only lost one away from home all season. So, look, massive game of the weekend. A win and, well, like you say, you really start talking about Champions League and, you're, you know, going on the road again next season abroad, hopefully. But, you know, we all know the results crucial this point in the season eight, eight eight nine games to go a win tomorrow a win on saturday and we're flying all i can say is it's good to see belgium are playing tomorrow night it gives yuri four days off then to come back into that team without having to play any more football it is a, it's a very tough run run in if the fans need to check it i haven't got it all to head to head but it's a tough run in for leicester so these are the games where i know it's tough against man city but we need to get a win tom i'm going to put you on the spot Come on, we need to know your score predictions. And all those you guys who are watching, I want a quick score prediction from you. So put it in the comments now if you can. Tom, over to you. I'm, I'm, I think we can do it. I'm going for a 3-1 Leicester win, mate. I really feel we can get a good win against Manchester City. I know they're good and they went on 20 games and beaten, but they are beatable. We've done it once. Why can't we do it again? Uh, Vardy to start the scoring. I really feel that the, the Vardy will be back at the weekend and he likes a goal against Man City. We've seen this season. And over the years, so Vardy started off in a 3-1 win, mate, for me. Brilliant, Tom. I'm going to go through some score predictions. I'm going to let you go. Thanks a lot for joining us, Tom. Join Tom at, uh, well, it be 5, 5.30 kickoff, so it'll be 5 o'clock with the watch-along starting, Tom. Thank you for joining us. Cheers, guys. See you soon. Cheers, Tom. As ever, it's been brilliant to get Tom back on a Monday night, get all his fantastic views in. Let's see what score predictions you've done about 10 seconds to get a score prediction in the comments and I'll put it on screen. Just before I do, don't forget this. Well, we've got one of these shirts. 
Walker Walker's one from 1994, I think it is. Uh, let's see. Can I turn around and you can see the back? I don't know if you can see that. Uh, we're giving one of these away on LeicesterFanTV.com. You've got about three days. If you've not entered yet, go and enter. Get your name in there. It's on LeicesterFanTV.com. It's in the competition section. So go and find it in there and you can enter, win one of these and we'll send it out to you. I think we're picking that on Friday. We'll probably do it live. Um, in fact, may even do it live in the watch along on Saturday. How about that? Let's double up things and do it then. Uh, let's go through your score predictions. Amanda says, how are you? We're all well. How are you, Amanda? She says 2-1 Leicester win. Liam goes 2-1 Leicester win. Mix 3-1. Good mix. Well done. Ross is going 4-2. Hopefully you watch Ross. By the way, don't forget Ross and Jack are live, I believe, this Wednesday night with another England watch-along for those of you who want. To be fair, they're just talking a load of nonsense, really, in these England watch-alongs, but it's it's probably more entertaining. Probably. It is definitely more entertaining than the, the England matches. Uh, Jason says 3-2 Leicester. Andy says, Andy, we're all on a high and you're ending the show on a low. Have a word, Andy. Uh, Jay, Jay's, oh, Jay's not much better, nil-nil. But hey, you've allowed your predictions. Joanna, thank you for that. 4-2, she's seen worse. She's seen David Pleats era. Michael says, Mark Collett would tie up Leicester. We'll talk about transfers nearer the summer, I think. Patrick's 3-1 Leicester. Oh, 3-1 City, he says, but not sure which one. That is hedging your bets in there. Um, Alex says, Head says 1-0 to City. I think you mean Man City, but Hart says we can nick something. Uh, Nigel's going 1-1. Maz 2-2. Um, Jack saying 5-2 to Leicester. Jack is incredibly too positive. Ross, you certainly do talk more nonsense than Boris. Uh, Aki says, especially Ross. Yeah, too right. God knows what Ross is. Ross is talking waffle most of the time. So join... Join Ross and Jack Wednesday uh, to watch England against Poland. Um, I know it's not Leicester. It's not even a Leicester place, but hey, heck, enjoy it and watch it. And obviously, uh, Lox is back on Friday night at 7.15 with the Fan Zone show previewing the Man City game. Myself and Jamie will be kicking the watch along on Saturday at 5 o'clock off. And... Tom and Lox will be doing the full watch along. Get all the usual stuff in on Saturday. We'll be doing another ultimate to be the ultimate manager. Be interesting one. That video will be launched on probably Wednesday evening on YouTube. If you've not followed us yet, why not? Come on, at Leicester Fan TV, wherever you're watching, please follow us, please like, share, subscribe, join in the fun. And as ever, thanks to these guys, without ADT, Eat Me, Tiger by Everards, Moya Wade, Leicester Garage Conversions, Piglet's Pantries, The Fox's Arms, Pink Vehicle Leasing, Memphis, our chosen charity, we support them, and Hologram, they help us out. If you've got a company, especially a Leicester-based company, and you want to get your name right up there in front of people watching, give me a shout. Message me and let's sort it out, okay? Um, I think that's about it. Most of all, thanks for all you guys for getting all your views in and all your comments in. Can't do it without you. Always say it. So thanks to all of you for doing that. I really appreciate it. I'll see you on the watch along on Saturday if I don't see you before. Goodbye. Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. With special thanks to our pal back. ADT Taxis, Beat Me, Piglet's Pantry, Tiger, Lester Garage Conversions, Pink Vehicle Leasing, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Moyer Weight Interiors, and our chosen charity, Memphis UK. We bring you the fans' views on the match each week, and your views matter to us. Join the fans' debate each match with us. Follow us at Lester Fan TV.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.